stop looking for the perfect person and start having some safe, sensual and sexual experiences with people who you have a chemistry and a turn on with that maybe aren't going to be your partner or they don't check all your boxes, but they check your sexy box and they're good people. Allow yourself the pleasure of having some research partners, some sex partners. Are you ready to master your mindset and your business? Join thousands of women each week who use this podcast as a tool to create financial and emotional wealth. And when you're ready to scale to the next level, visit theunstoppablewoman.com slash go. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Unstoppable Woman podcast. I'm Amira Alvarez. I am the CEO and founder of the Unstoppable Woman coaching company. We're a global coaching company helping ambitious, driven, entrepreneurial-minded women have more in their life, have a bigger capacity for all that they desire to create both in their business and their life. And today, I'm super excited to have a beautiful guest on our podcast. Her name is Susan Bratton, and she is an intimacy coach. And we are going to dive in and unlock secrets to intimacy, which is one of the things that I love talking about. So I cannot wait to to have this conversation. So welcome to the show, Susan. So happy that you're here. Yeah, too. So great to meet you in person-ish. And um, <laughs> I did want to make one clarification that I'm not actually a coach. Um, I'm an intimacy expert and I'm a publisher of 44 books and programs on passionate lovemaking, bedroom communication skills, and sexual health and wellness. And I also have a, sec- a sexual vitality supplement company. So I am the CEO of both of those businesses, but a coach kind of infers that I work one-on-one with people when what I really do is write and publish my own work and the work of others that I think essentially creates an ecosystem or a constellation of skill sets that are required to be a a sexually empowered woman so that your passion in whatever area of your life it is, your passion can fuel your passions for success. So I did want to make that distinction because though I help people out all the time, they DM me, they email me, you know, I'm I, I help literally millions of people through my work rather than one person at a time or groups of people in coaching. But I've been doing it for decades. So I've got a really good sense of what gets us tripped up in our lingerie. <laughs> I love it. So good. So if I said coach, I apologize. I meant That's to okay. say intimacy expert, but right. or maybe you heard that. I'm not sure. But let's dive in there. So you have two businesses, which is fantastic. And you're working at a super high level. And you have your main juju around intimacy. Now, the intimacy word that the or the way you're using intimacy is if i'm correct sexual intimacy but to me intimacy also takes in quite a lot more there's like a a wide breath and and i imagine we can't have sexual intimacy without having this true vulnerability and true connection and true intimacy on a heart level with 
with someone else. So how do you, how do you, let's first define a little bit about what you mean by intimacy and like the breadth that that covers. Another thing that I think about intimacy is that it's, um, it's um, authentic relating and vulnerability. Those are other, other things that are kind of part of the tool set of having a very fulfilling and passionate sex life. And I don't like to use the word sex a lot, Amira, because number one, I think for women especially, it's triggering. And it's triggering because we've been laboring under um, a patriarchal, religiously influenced sexuality system and culture that doesn't serve the female body and the female ethos very well. And for many people, when they hear the word sex, they automatically think intercourse because, you know, sex is supposed to be for procreation only kind of thing. You know, that's mm-hmm. still that's still stuck in the in our craw, the craw of our belief system. And we've got to eradicate that. And when I say the words intimacy and sex, I'm talking about closeness, touch, kissing, holding, feeling loved, feeling cared for, being petted and stroked and being worshipped and adored, having the space to allow our typically feminine, responsively sexual rather than spontaneously sexually oriented physiology, have the time to climb the arousal ladder that is the feminine speed and style of arousal ladder rather than the masculine paradigm Mm -hmm. of arousal. And so I like to move things away from the goal is intercourse, so that's what sex is, and into yoni worship and yoni massage. Do you know that word, yoni? I do. Oh, good girl. Yay. So maybe for some of your listeners, we we could define it. I'll leave it to you to do that. Sure. Absolutely. I want to go back to something that you, two things that you said that I think are really, really interesting. One was moving away from the the like using the word sex mm-hmm. um because of you know cultural upbringing socialization yeah. religion things like that for me when i started to embrace my sexuality and really like talk about sexuality with myself and i wasn't talking about it with maybe with my clients maybe you know a little bit out there on this podcast but like when i when i went from realizing that I was in a sexless marriage and it was a well-partnered marriage where we held hands, where we were great friends, where we were loving to each other. Companions. Um, but companions. Mm-hmm. And I thought that I was non-orgasmic, that that was just like yeah. something that ha- like was going to pass me by in this lifetime. I didn't have the capacity. My husband really wanted it, but I wasn't turned on by life, really. And so when I when I talk about sex, I'm like, let's talk about sex because like now I have sex and I'm lit up and I love that. And I want that for everyone, which I'm sure you do as well. Yeah. I want to like unpack that and say, you know what? If you have this idea that it has to be a certain way or something's wrong with you, then Mm. there's actually there's an there's another version of life that's available to you and and I don't know for me it was 
moving beyond that that relationship, but also doing the the inner work that was required to be able to be vulnerable, as you mentioned earlier. Like that's a big aspect of of sexuality and in owning my sexual energy and letting that flow and all of that. So how do we hold all of that, right? Yeah. Like not alienate women who feel like that's that's a taboo subject or some sort of not enoughness that is part of that. And yet also like open the door and not 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 talk about it. We women can talk about anything. Mm. And that's one of the reasons I love podcasts and thank you for having me to talk about sexuality and sensuality and intimacy and opening to our pleasure and that we are not men and that we have been living in a paradigm of male sexuality what is female sexuality and how do we teach that to ourselves to understand that, that we're not broken, that sex is, as my one of my girlfriends, Anna Lindfor says, <laughs> I love that phrase, because you did exactly what women do. You thought, I'm not orgasmic. We And then our partners think, she's not orgasmic, but I'm still going to have intercourse with her because that's our job in this relationship. You know, and it's like, that is so common. Women take on things as their as their issue rather than like well what's wrong here how come i'm not and and so i want to well i did a lot of that i did the what's wrong here why am i not but i didn't do what's what's wrong here like the 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 relationship okay i did what's wrong here i must be broken Right. That, right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And what I want to do and what I do with my work is I close the gap by saying, let me explain to you how our female body works. And I tell this to all all people because our partners, no matter what their gender expression is, they need to understand this too. Right. It takes two to tango. I also teach people more skills. So oral pleasuring, going back to yoni massage, yoni being the female genital system and understanding how our body actually works and that and and how our erectile tissue systems need to be stimulated and and how it's a mind-body connection. And there's just a lot of little pieces of learning that once you tell people how to do it, if if I just sat here and talked to you about how to have super hot sex and what are some of the things you could do or what a sex state of mine looks like, then 99% of the women who are listening to your show would be like, that was really interesting. I was a little triggered. There were some moments where I was like, oh, whoa, she said that. But overall, I I've got my big girl pants on. Now that I heard it, you know, it's like unsee juice. Now that I've heard it, I can't unhear it. And I'm glad I did because now I know what I'm going for. I know I'm not broken. And so part of it is explaining how we work. Second part is what are we going for? Third part is how do we get there? What are the techniques and communication skills we need to have a super off the hook sex life that builds and fuels our confidence, that roots us to the earth and to nature and to connection with source, connection with all other people that makes us feel like relieved, rebooted, not nervous, part of humanity that gives us the energy and kind of the zest and vitality and lust, not just mm. for our sex life, but for our life. 
It's our life force. And when we begin to tap into it in a way that serves us and isn't the paradigm we see in pornography or the media or that all of our male partners have kind of expected of us and we've been the good little girls doing the thing we thought we were supposed to do. Once we clear that shit off the table and we get a restart with scientific explanations about how our body works, skills and pleasure, orgasmic potential techniques. Like, okay, I'm going to tell you that I think intercourse, even though I said intercourse is not what I want you to think about, I still think intercourse is my favorite part of sex because it's so close and intimate. But I went 42 years before I had an orgasm from intercourse, and then I was darn determined to teach everyone how to do it because it is simply a learned skill to literally be in orgasm pretty much the entire time you are making love, you're having intercourse. So how do you get there? What are the steps to orgasmic intercourse, orgasmic oral, orgasmic kissing, orgasmic breast play? Mm -hmm. How can we live into that orgasmic potential and light ourselves up with the pleasure that we deserve? How do we get out of the paradigm and into how we really work, our operating system, and then have that pleasure? I love it. Oh, my God. You're speaking Good. my language. Yeah. Okay. So there's so many things that I want to go back to in what Ask you just Annie. said. So first, I want to just talk about life force because I talk about, you know, the law of gender. This is the coming together, the masculine and the feminine, and it's creative life force. And if you don't have your masculine essence and your feminine essence working together yes. into not necessarily balanced, but but a nice harmonious flow and integration, yes. then we we don't tap into this incredible power, which is this sexual life force, right? And this is the essence of us, but it's also, as you're talking about very specifically, you know, this is us in the act of of, of sex. There is something so rejuvenating about it. And I I too did not know until I was in my 40s. And I was like, who? Why? Really? How come I didn't know? So I love I love what you're doing. I want to talk Can a little I say bit one about thing on that. I like to use the word big clit energy. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I love it. Because our clitoris is it's our penis. And it's it is a a mini penis that can actually get bigger as you have more sex and more stimulation and it actually grows. <laughs> It can either grow or die. And for many women, it's atrophy because we haven't gotten the pleasure that we need. And when you start having really good orgasms, coming really well, coming confidently, reliably, easily, and your clitoris actually takes on more bulk and you have you generate testosterone, you you generate your hormones when you have good orgasmic So let's, let's pause there for a second. So I think a lot of women are afraid of testosterone. They don't want to be, they already feel like they're too in their masculine. So why don't you do a little clarifying? Why don't you do a little science on this? Because for me, that was a, that's a fairly a new understanding that women have a ton of testosterone, oh, yeah. that we need a lot of testosterone. Yes. We just have less of it than men. But I thought it was like, and it's also like men need a lot of estrogen. It's just less than than women. Yeah. I I didn't know. That's a that's a key piece to this. Yeah. So why don't you speak a little bit about that? And then I can come back to my other points. Yeah. So a lot of women, especially when they hit 
middle age, they feel like their libido diminishes and they think it's their hormones. And in actual fact, as a, as a woman, our estrogen, How are you defining uh, middle age? What is What is the age range for that? I purposefully don't because I feel like middle age is a state of mind <laughs> because I'm 62 having the best sex of my life and I'm a badass bomb lady who mm-hmm. goes out and works out with weights pretty much every day. I worry mm-hmm. about how strong I am. And I take exogenous testosterone in addition to the testosterone that I generate on my own. Plus, semen has testosterone in it. And I'm married to my receiving. husband for 30 years. <laughs> so I'm receiving extra testosterone injections, if you will, from him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I just can't get enough of testosterone. But when you say that your libido reduces in mm-hmm. in middle age... Well, I, I don't. I'm trying so to I, figure. I, I'm trying to not say? say that. I'm trying to oh. not. Let me finish what I was going to say. Um, so what happens is that your estrogen begins to diminish. So your testosterone to estrogen ratio, your testosterone is actually higher when your estrogen begins to diminish. So in actual fact, it's testosterone that is the like the the horny hormone. It's the thing that mm-hmm. makes you want sex. Okay. I think really what happens for women in midlife is that. They, you know, they feel like their libido falls off of a cliff, but they're not losing testosterone. They've only lost estrogen. Estrogen does thin the vaginal tissue, just like it thins the skin in general. And so it can make it more delicate. So um, intravaginal estrogen replacement is excellent, even if you don't do whole body estrogen replacement. And that or DHEA cream or something like that um, is really helpful. There's a lot of sexual biohacking things you can do to reverse the atrophy of your vaginal system Mm. and your vulval system, et cetera. But the issue is not that we go to through midlife and we lose our hormones and therefore our sex life. We just don't have any libido. We don't have any desire. It's actually, I believe, that we've had a lifetime of crappy sex masculine oriented sex that didn't serve us and didn't Mm. give us the kind of great orgasmic pleasure we deserve. And so we literally just don't even know how to get our fires started. Yeah. And so it kind of burns down. And that's mm -hmm. what it really is. Yeah. I had the exact opposite. That's why I was asking, when is middle age? Like, have I not gotten to middle age yet? Your testosterone helped you. Yes, I read that. Yeah. Yeah. So I I started having the best sex of my life later yes. in life and many women can and do. Yeah. And so so that's interesting that so I have a follow-up question on that. Yes. So I think one of the things that I see happening with my clients with other women, I've I've had little tastes of it like in my marriage when I got very comfortable like we became each other's best friends. Yeah. It felt like my desire was reduced didn't feel like boredom to me, but I, I get that that could be L- out lack there. of variety. Yeah. yeah. Lack of excitement, or lack for of other women. things. Yeah. But how much does is testosterone built up and reduced by our the kinds of relationships that we have, whether it's like if we become familiarized, life partnered, which is great, right? But like best friends versus lovers, right? How much of that affects our testosterone levels? Does it have any effect? I don't know that there are any studies that have been done that will, you know, measure that, but 
testosterone is not the only factor for your desire. And definitely the new relationship energy, the trying new things together, that's a lot of what I help people do. Um, I put together something recently called your sex life bucket list. And what's fun about that is that it's 48 erotic play dates that you can do with your partner that teach you all of these different pleasuring skills and give you new experiences. Because though I talked about how technique, communication skills, and sexual health and sexual biohacking and sexual regenerative, you know, just like keeping your body in good shape so you can do the things that you want to do. Those are the, that's the like three-legged stool. The techniques and communication skills are actually nested under these erotic play dates. Erotic play dates are, okay, I want to discover and awaken my G-spot or learn about female ejaculation or my or my, maybe my husband wants to become a multi-orgasmic man who can, you know, just last as long as I want him to. Or maybe you want to try some new toys to stimulate new areas of your vulva to do orgasmic cross-training. I love this because one of the things I wanted to circle back to yeah. was you said, if I shared what I did on a sex date, everyone would be like, tell me more. So yeah. here we know how to find out more. But why don't you yeah. give us like, what do you do with your husband on a sex date? What does that look like? It looks like whatever my body wants in the moment. Mm. So one of the things that we've found is I've been teaching a technique for the last two decades that really helped me cross that gasm chasm, close that orgasm gap that Dr. Lori Mintz talks about, which is how easy it is for a, a male-bodied partner to achieve a climax from intercourse and how much more difficult. And sometimes it feels almost impossible to women and they give up when they don't realize it's just a learned skill. And I had that problem where I had had sex with my husband for 11 years and I just didn't want to do it anymore because I wasn't having orgasms and it was ruining our marriage. He had emotionally checked out because I had physically checked out and we didn't want to lose our marriage. And so we went to sex workshops. We went to therapists. We did a lot of personal growth work. And what we realized is that sex is just a series of learned skills and techniques that can almost instantly make your sex life better, hotter, more enjoyable, et cetera. It's just that there's until we had people like me and all of the other sexologists and sexperts out in the world, which is really just kind of a new thing, you know, in the last maybe, I'm going to say even like five years, there's just been this massive blossoming of pleasure coaches and things like that. One of the things that we learned was this practice called expanded orgasm. It is a clitoral stroking technique that allows a woman to receive the kind of stimulation on her clitoris and vulva and in her vagina that get her to the ability to come reliably, consistently, and for really long times and have lots and lots of really great orgasms. It takes you from being like a one and done, if you, you know, struggling to get to one to having many, to taking those orgasms and stretching them out like time is taffy. So you're actually in peak orgasmic states longer and longer. You learn how to hold the sensation and ride the sensation because your partner learns how to deliver the sensation to your body the way it needs it, not the way he, he needs it. And then when you do that and you receive all this pleasure you begin to understand that your body in the feminine is on a 28-day cycle. We run with the moon even after we stop bleeding. We still mm -hmm. ebb and flow. 
And so what we want every day is totally different. What we want at the beginning of a lovemaking session could be totally different than what we want at the end of a lovemaking session. Oh, so pause there for a second. Okay. Because I think this is such an important point. If you're a man and you're listening, please pay attention here. Like, I think men, they're like data sorting. They're like, oh, she liked that. I'm going to hold on to that and do that again. Over and, and then over they, and over. Exactly. And then the next day, and they're like, that's not working for me. That's, I'm different. Yeah. I flow. I'm, yes. I'm a woman. And so I yep. think this is, uh, <laughs> I, this is a you. relationship, um, communication, just big tip for all the women out there to be yeah. able to, to share this with your man in such a way that he gets that he's not wrong. If right. Oh, yeah. I'm not a trick to, for that trying to to please you by doing the same thing and you're like that's not what i want anymore that can be like like two ships in a night talking over each other past each other and mm-hmm. can cause a lot of uh frustrations not just in the world of sexuality intimacy but just like a personal share here yeah. like my man was like oh you like to talk when you wake up your brain's on fire when you wake up okay i'm gonna be always available so that you can talk Sometimes I want to talk. Sometimes I don't want to talk. Sometimes I want to make love in the morning. Sometimes I want to meditate in the morning. Sometimes I want to to cuddle. Sometimes I want to go out on a walk. Like I'm I'm different every morning. And I was like, oh, every moment. You're you're trying so very hard. Like all he wanted to do was like please me so that I would be happy. Yes, right? that's and what men want. That's what men want. They do. And I was like, why are you trapping me? Like, that was what what was going on for me. <laughs> and then I realized, oh, this is data sorting. Okay. And so it happens in all areas, not just sexuality. Okay. Yes. So 28-day yes. cycle, you want something new every time. You th- th- you were just in the process of explaining this process for, for getting clear on what you want in the moment. Yeah. Yes. And it's to learn how to listen to your body and what she what she needs in every moment. Mm. And this is part of, I'll give you the link at the end for this. It's called the Sexual Soulmate Pact. And it's this clever little trick that gets a kind of bypasses a man's ego where if you give him feedback, he feels like a failure and he did something wrong. Instead, it makes him love your feedback and be hungry for your feedback and helps him understand that when he gets it he and he adjusts, he's a winner. Because what men want is they want to be respected and they want to win and they want to get invited back into the Yoni Palace. What women need is to be sexually desired and adored in equal measure. Because if if it's just about how sexy we are, we feel objectified. We need a lot of verbal reassurance and adoration during lovemaking. And when women start to begin to get it, they're like, oh my God, I needed this so much. I didn't realize it. A lot of what I like to do is tell women, try these things and you feel like you, you, you're you not allowed to have what you really want. And once you start getting it, you're like, oh, God, it's true. This is what I really needed. One of the things that's really common for me in a lovemaking date with my partner is that I need him to verbally tell me things that he appreciated, adored, respected, loved about me as a part of our what. And here's another word I don't like, Amira. I don't like the word foreplay, but I use it for lack of a better word. Because it goes back to that same patriarchal paradigm, which is sex 
is intercourse. That's the goal. Foreplay is just what I use to get there. When for women, foreplay is sex for us. It We need all of that stuff in equal measure. We need to be held. We need to be adored. We need to be, we need our foot rubbed or our neck rubbed. I mean, my, my lovemaking dates often start with him rubbing some topical THC pain cream into whatever hurts because I work out every day. I run the beach stairs. I lift heavy weights. I do all these things to keep my, because I at 62 don't even feel like I'm barely entering midlife. So that's because I want to keep myself strong. So when I start out, I just listen to my body. What does she need to relax and let go and drop in? And sometimes that's getting things off my chest, getting the pain out of my foot or my neck or my hand or my arm or whatever. Sometimes it's being held. Sometimes it's a yoni massage or an expanded orgasm date. Sometimes it's kissing. Sometimes it's I'm stroking his penis while he's pleasuring my nipples and we're kissing. I mean, it could start anywhere. And he has no expectation of what it's going to be. And that's actually pleasurable for him because he's like, oh, I'm just going to ride her ride. She's going to tell me what she wants. I'm going to give it to her. If I want anything, I'm going to ask her for it. She's going to give it to me. And who the heck knows what is going to happen? We'll go from this to that, to this, to that, to a position, to oral, to this, to that. And And it's always a fun ride. Yeah. What I know about men is that they love variety. Yeah, that's we all think one of the one of the things that like my best days, Susan, are when the foreplay starts the moment I wake up, like when the conversation, the texts and and I'm not just talking sexy text. I'm talking like I'm feeling my sexual energy, what we talked about earlier, coming through and I am open and connected and communicating my desire, not just for him, but my desire for life. Mm-hmm. And that's what that that's what feels so good once I get to the the bedroom or the couch or, you know, the patio or whatever. Right. Like it's it's like um I did not know that for so many years. I thought that I could go from running my business in a very focused, Mm -hmm. disciplined, in decision-making mode, in logic mode, to flipping a switch and being the sexual goddess, right? Yeah. And, And what I love about what you shared is there's, if you are in that mode all day long, there are these techniques that you, like there's, I love that you just riffed on like the 10 or 20 immediately, right? Like, and that's probably a short list. We should all go get her stuff, right? (laughs) But like that there is a way to access that. But when you were talking about like that you wanted to be adored, that was something that like, I just wanted to be adored. And if, and to have that, not just, I don't, to, to have that always in my life was such, like that lit me up sexually now now every day is not like that but when i when we're going back and forth when when me and my man are going back and forth with 
him adoring me, me being able to receive it. Ooh, let's talk about that. Mm-hmm. That's a big one because you were it's a you practice. That receiving piece, I feel like, is so... Talk to me about opening to receiving, because I think there's like a worthiness piece there, mm-hmm. and there's a... Probably there's a breath piece to that as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah? yeah? And and an allowing and a vulnerability. Like, talk about talk about that, because I think mm, that's, a, that's a big one. And yeah. I think we can always open to more. The expanded orgasm practice is really, really good for teaching us how to completely receive. And to understand that our our pleasure creates pleasure for our partner and that it's not our job to serve or be to service our partner, that it becomes more of a flow when we become very orgasmic. There's a couple little pieces I want to I want to say, and certainly breath and breathing into your yoni that really and yoni is Y-O-N-I and it's a tantric lovemaking word for the female genital system. The male genital system is called the lingam. And I prefer those to vulva or vagina because vulva is the outside, vagina is the inside. And there's so much more to us than just a little one little anatomical part, especially the mind-body connection. And so the there's a couple of things. One is that we're estrogen dominant and our male body partners are testosterone dominant. And estrogen, we're the prey and they're the predator. Um, you know, that's that's literally how our species is. And we have estrogen minds and our estrogen minds are massively multitasking. And we're, when we're in our beta brainwave state, which is our awake and aware, you know, our, our CE, we've got our CEO hats on, mm-hmm. we are really managing a lot of things. So for us to get to our theta brainwave state, which is the state of meditation and orgasm and relaxation, we really need to be able to shut that down. And one of the best ways, and and our male body partners, because they are testosterone dominant, they're not worried about things. They don't walk. They don't walk in the world feeling unsafe like we do. And That's they huge. are. Let's just pause there for a second. It is because huge. It's huge because so much of our REM, like I don't know if I'm yeah. using the right word, but like our mental energy, your mind cycles, yeah, is even Protection. if we don't feel feel physically unsafe. There is like this concept of 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 needing to protect ourselves from right. verbal verbal conversations, rejections, failures, all of these internal things and external conversations that we're having with people. And I don't think they women are are quite aware of the level yeah. of like having to protect themselves yep. that they're doing all day long, and what a relief it can feel like to open to be surrender to your pleasure and surrender and not feel like you have to protect yourself like direct yeah Mm -hmm. yeah okay and so because men don't walk in the world feeling unsafe like we do and they don't have to expend any bandwidth around all of those things you just said they're also very goal-oriented single-minded that's why you can't tell your husband something while he's already doing something else he's like oh tell me that later because he's gonna do one thing at a time (laughs) and so i mean that's beneficial there's a lot of benefits to being testosterone dominant and there's a lot of competitive sexual competitive benefits that the male body has compared to the female body that really makes sex so much easier for them but 
he's single-minded and he's goal-oriented. So he's thinking about how he can get inside us. And he has to slow down and turn around and come back and get us and help us get out of our monkey mind and into our body and calm us down and make us feel protected and comfortable and desired and adored and and all of these things so that we can let go and enjoy ourselves, And then we have to learn how to fully receive. And so the expanded orgasm practice is really this, this yoni, pleasuring yoni, stroking without any requirement for reciprocation. When you get out of quid pro quo, okay, you're going to do something for me, then I've got to do something for you. When you remove that, and you get unlimited pleasure from your partner as much as you want. And if you feel like more, you can have it. And if it's enough, you don't feel guilty that he did not get his. When you can get out of that paradigm, you have way more frequent and pleasurable everything together because you're both in service to the goddess and where she is in the moment. When you begin to trust your body and you become the just basically the mouthpiece for how your body's feeling, so you both know kind of where she is and you can work together on getting her relaxed. Arousal begins in relaxation. And too many of our partners are like, what buttons do I push? How do I turn her on? How do I get her going? When they don't realize that first they have to get us calmed and safe so that we have the platform of relaxation to allow ourselves to climb our 20 to 30 minute arousal ladder that his is only a minute or two. Ours is 10x that. So when everybody just slows the heck down, and is in service to what her body needs in the moment when she believe, starts to believe in. And it's not her intuition. It's I'm not talking about intuition, though there might be some of that in play. Don't negate that. What I'm talking about is the, your felt sense of relaxation and pleasure. What does your body need? Oh, is my big toe jammed from wearing those high heels? And the only thing I can do is that has to be let go first before I can relax. You have to do what you need to do. You have to get what you need to get to be able to calm down, relax, and then build from there. And you need a lot of pleasuring. So let's talk about that transition Mm -hmm. from, so I work with a lot of CEOs. I work with a lot of entrepreneurs. I work with a lot of women who have always been in go mode or they've always been ambitious and driven and, and, and really quite capable and competent in this this world. Yep. And this might be an area where they're wanting more, don't feel as competent. What would be something that you could share about transitioning from a day where you're in the masculine, yeah. more or less? I like to bring in the feminine into my, my day, but nonetheless, running a business and you run too, has a lot of, you know, the CEO mindset, there's a there's a lot of decisions. There's a lot of linear thinking. There's a lot of holding space um and and being the container and the structure, if you will. Yeah. And you just want to let go. Yeah. And and although you want to let go, you can't. It often is very challenging to do that. So let's talk a little bit about how does a woman what well, maybe she's not partnered right now. How does a woman who wants to be in her feminine non- nonetheless, mm-hmm. like step into that and let go of some of that 
needing to be the protector for herself and into a, a little bit more allowing and receiving and opening. Super easy. <clears throat> this is the this is the strategy. I have um, a concept that I call setting the lover's space. And this works whether you're, and pretty much everything I talk about, with the exception of things like the expanded orgasm practice, which takes two because somebody's got a stroke and somebody's got to be stroked. <laughs> mm -hmm. Most of the things that I talk about can be done solo or with a partner. And one of the things that I would tell a woman who is soloed is stop looking for the perfect person and start having some safe sensual and sexual experiences with people who's who who you have a chemistry and a turn on with that maybe aren't going to be your partner or they don't check all your boxes but they check your sexy box and they're good people they maybe aren't going to be the earner you want for your companion or whatever but you're hot for them have some allow yourself the pleasure of having some research partners, some mm -hmm. sex partners, because a lot of women need me to give them the permission to do that, the encouragement to do that. That is A-OK. -okay. You're allowed to do that. You don't have to be a serial monogamist looking always for this uh, person who checks all the boxes. The setting the lover space is this idea that for many women, we don't, we just don't initiate. We're not culturally raised to initiate sex. Some women do. Other and many women don't. As a matter of fact, the number one thing that men complain about to me is that their wife never or girlfriend never initiates sex and they keep feeling like she doesn't want sex and they take it as rejection or they offer sex as an intercourse and she's so far away from that because her toe hurts or whatever. <laughs> I just keep coming back to, you know, <laughs> if your feet hurt, you're just not going to be able to relax and have great sex. And so, you know, he, he offers sex and that's too big an offer. And so she says no, and then he feels rejected. And so what I recommend is I, I tell men, look, in a relationship with a woman, your job is to take out the trash kill the bugs and mice, you know, or whatever, kill the, mar the, the marauders and intruders, whatever they are, in wherever you live, and initiate sex. And if it's just your job and you know it's your job and it's just not the thing that she does, then, and then start making her smaller offers than offers for your goal and game. Let's get back to where she is so she can relax and get turned on and go up her arousal ladder and it's slower and help her help her get out of her mind and into her body and relax. And then once she gets turned on, she'll want that 90% of the time. So you can't offer her the dessert until you fed her the appetizers. So setting the lover space works really, really well when, if you're lucky enough to have a partner, their job is to go in, let's just say, go into the bedroom, make the lighting nice, get a stack of fresh, clean, soft towels, get your favorite lubes out, Put on your sexy playlist, light the fireplace, put the fascinator or bed, you know, the covering over your bed so you don't get lube on your beautiful, you know, duvet cover. Um, bring in a pitcher of water, offer her a glass of Chardonnay and make the environment right and then offer her to come in and settle in and get whatever it is that she needs in that moment from you with no expectation for more. As a single woman, if you do that for yourself, if you set the intention, and this is where actually having a little bit of a goal really helps, especially for hard-charging women like your followers, Amira, 
And that is that I recommend that solo women pleasure themselves and set their own lover space and um, get the eight different types of tools that activate all of the eight different areas of the vulva so that you begin to pleasure yourself and cross-train with these tools so that you're activating the mind-body connection and innervating and activating and engorging all of the tissue of your yoni so that it becomes easier and easier and easier over time for you to get your big clit energy going, to get your lady boner, to your yoner, if you will, <laughs> where funny. you get all this blood flow over and over again into your genitals. It starts to reverse that atrophy. It starts to activate all that tissue. It starts to bring you to orgasm. And then you have orgasms from different types of stimulation. And you've set your own music, your own lighting, your own soft towels, your own favorite lube, and you're settling in to yeah. awaken and activate your own pleasure so that if and if and when you decide you have a partner, you'll automatically be more confident and more orgasmically activated. And so you'll be less nervous and yeah. more open because you'll already know many paths to orgasmic pleasure. Yeah, I'm so glad you mentioned that because when I was coming out of a marriage single, I was like, okay, well, I'm ready for something more. And I discovered self-pleasuring and and I started learning what turned me on, how to breathe into an orgasm, how to take my time with myself. So what you were saying, it's like I taught myself that's through, through that experience, this sort of the mind map to, a, to an orgasm. But let's go back to a couple things. So if you are a CEO of a company, you're, you're an entrepreneur, you're an intrapreneur, you're, you're, you're working for someone else, but you are just hard driving, or even if you pass the hard driving stage, but you still are in that sort of doing mind, the transition to sexuality, there's the setting the scene, right? Mm -hmm. Is there anything else that you do? Like for me, one of the things that was really helpful was like taking a walk or a run at the end of the day, getting outside or meditating, something that shifted my energy. It used to be, oh, I'll have a glass of wine after work. And that was the the indicator that I was in a new space, but I decided I didn't really want to drink, have a drink every day. Yeah, exactly. And so I needed, I needed something that would put me in my body mm-hmm. again, out of my head. And although I try and s- try, I don't like that word. I'm conscious of staying in my body and staying in my sexuality and letting my sexual energy flow throughout the day. I think there's an art to that. I don't know that I've mastered it entirely, but you know, I, I I love feeling that life force, but nonetheless, there's there's something different about the evening and transitioning. So those are some of my tips for that. Do you have that same thing? Or are you able to go? Okay, I'm done with work, and yes, honey, like I'll walk into the beautiful room that you've created for me and be be able to sort of relax into that. It gets easier as you do it. Where yeah. you can switch states more quickly, your switch gets slippery. You can flip it a little bit. Yeah. More. Yeah. But when I go into that room, sometimes I need to 
talk about things first. I need to be held. One of the techniques that I teach is something called the soulmate embrace. Mm -hmm. I have women teach it to their partners so that they get held the way we get held the way we need to be held to really fully relax and get into our body. And often that's enough for me just having some conversations, some massaging and some holding. And then that will help me slip out of my beta state and into my theta state. I like to think about them as brainwave states because um, they are. <laughs> you know, yeah. that's, it's a good way to talk yeah. about that. Yeah. There's another okay. big thing that's really coming up for me that I want to say. And that is that when you begin to get into this mode of, of really listening to your body and giving Yoni what she wants, when you begin to open to your pleasure, when you're, when you begin to have lots of pathways to orgasm, when you activate your G spot, when you begin to really discover all of the pleasure inside your vagina, when your labia become activated, and your mons becomes activated and orgasmic in addition to just the tip of your clitoris. When you be when you start to begin to spread that pleasure, you also will begin to open your throat. There's a triumvirate of your nipples, your lips, and your yoni that work as a system. And in your body, your sphincter system, the vaginal sphincter, the anal sphincter, the throat, the esophageal sphincters, the stomach sphincters, they're all, your eyes are a sphincter, they're all working on a lock system, they open and close together. So when you begin to self-pleasure or be pleasured by your partner and get all that attention on your genital system and activating it, it's actually going to open everything. You're going to find more of your voice. You're going to find more confidence. And that whole concept of that channel being connected all the way up and down your body, the Taoists call that your hollow flute. It's also called your lumen, which is your light source. And when you are able to open the lumen and send that sexual energy up and down and run that sexual energy all the way up and down your body. When you go from having an orgasm by stroking the very tip of your clitoris to having full body, open-throated, moaning orgasms and orgasms from kissing and orgasms from breast and nipple play, all of you is going to open and be activated and be so much more confident and capable and verbal and find your voice and find your passion in a bigger and newer way. If there's anything that I really want to leave you with, it's that that activation is very, very important. And giving yourself the time, the place, and the space to receive pleasure, whether you're giving it to yourself or you're getting it from a partner or both, at the same time. Um, That is what I would love for your listeners to bring the same powerful energy that they bring to their careers to their sexuality because they feed each other. Mm, I love that. I love that. I love that. I never put the the voice and, and but the throat the chakra and and that's right is is so big and it's connected to your heart and it's connected to your sexual energy and all of that is so good had that connection but just the 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 way you framed it there was really beautiful so how much does I have so many more questions but we're gonna wrap we're gonna make, <laughs> I can come back next year right, or whenever you want right. <laughs> how much does 
like there's two things that I want to speak to here. The sense of worthiness, because I think that's a big that that being being worthy of receiving, maybe you've done it in your business, you've received lots of income or revenue, you've built bigger things, you've received the support from team, but there's something about receiving sexual pleasure that might be a little bit different that has to do with worthiness. But how much does love have to do with it? Like do with, let me be very clear, not just with orgasm, mm-hmm. but with feeling fulfilled. Mm-hmm. Dr. Susan Campbell is an excellent speaker and writer on our core wounds and triggers. And one of the most common core wounds is I'm not enough. I'm not worthy. And so there's some work to do around that if that, in fact, describes you. Um, And I'd recommend her as a guest on your show. She's a beautiful woman. I've learned so much from her. She's taught me so much because that's that's an entirely separate conversation that I don't think we have time to go into today, but that's a resource. And your heart is a muscle. That is also a door. I learned this from Dr. Deborah Annapol, who has now passed, but was also one of my mentors. I have been mentored by the most amazing people. And Dr. Annapol wrote a book called The Seven Laws of Love. The Seven Natural Laws of Love, I think is what it is. It's probably still available on Amazon. And the thing that really hit me the most is that if you think about your heart like a muscle door, a strong door, you have to When you open it, when you actively open it and you learn how to love, when you give love, you actually feel more love than when you're being loved. So loving is an act of getting that door really swinging and getting it in practice. There's something I do in my meditation, Susan, and you just kind of like locked it in for me. So I go into my heart. And love the nothingness, the the universe, the the yeah. the infinite source, right? Yeah, source. And and you know, initially, it's just like an intention or a, the words that I'm I'm saying, like a mantra. But then at some point, it clicks in, and I get all of this love, and my heart bursts open. It's like yeah. this incredible. It's it is like a door. It's a muscle and a door, that framing of it. So, so beautiful because it's like, and then like you're sitting there with your heart wide open. Feels amazing. Okay, please continue. That being said, you are risking the pain of the loss of love when you open the door. But I can tell you that except for a percentage of people, and I think it's somewhere around 20%, you will get over that and you will go on to live and love better and more. So never hold back your love through the fear of being hurt because you can recover from it and it actually makes the love door stronger. Now, there's a group of people who've been betrayed and they can't get over it because they have genetic snips that every time they think about that loss or betrayal, it wounds them like a fresh wound. They feel it as hard as they felt it before. And for those people, I'm still researching what kind of support that person needs to be able to process and get through betrayal. But if you are one of those people who are like, I'm never going to love again because it hurts so much, you may be that person and you need help getting over betrayal. And that is, you need an expert because you're one of those people Oh, for some reason, it's it's like it's a serotonin, dopamine, neurotransmitter, genetic situation that you have it extra hard. 
There's nothing wrong with you. You're literally wired a little differently than other people who can throw themselves into love and then recover and throw themselves into love and then recover. And that's okay too, now that you know that it's possible to get through it and learn the skills that tamp down that fear of loving because you'll be hurt and you won't be able to stand it. Not just stand it, but survive it. I think it's survive a, it. I think it's it's a survival threat. It's like yes. I will not survive if I have to go through this again for sure. Exactly. And um, I'm I'm hopeful you. for all those people. I feel Me like too. with 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 intention, with desire, with the vision to yeah. want this and 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 a willingness to to walk the path. I think. I think Amira, I want to tell you again. one quick thing. Uh, for for you specifically, I think the ex- I keep talking about the expanded orgasm practice with you, and I don't talk about it that often with that many people. But there's something about you specifically that I really feel like having an expanded orgasm practice, because when you get really good at it, and you learn how to do it, and you learn how to get into that orgasmic place of ecstasy and stay in that place. It's someone who's got a really good ability to get deeply into theta, which it sounds like your meditation has gotten you there. I think you can get there through your orgasm, through your orgasmic pleasure. And one of my favorite things about the practice is that you can touch source very easily during orgasm. And because you've learned that path through meditation... I and because you have a partner and you ha- are having good sex, what we did was we broke it down. This was my mentor, Dr. Patty Taylor. I published her work, and she's my biggest mentor of all my mentors. And we broke the practice down into 21 erotic play dates that you do with your partner that essentially are like you think about expanded orgasm as a as a ball, as a sphere. And there's all these different facets of the sphere. And there's these 21 different things that you learn that keep adding to your ability to achieve this state of ecstasy and connection to source, to Gaia, to love. And so it's a really amazing practice that I think you personally would super benefit from. I will gift you that uh, program if you'd like to have it. Of course I would. Why That's not? That's right up your alley, girl. That's right up your alley. I have a very strong stance that there's always more love, that there's always yeah. more life, that we can always expand. So I love And always expanded. more orgasms. Always more orgasms. I feel like I have expanded orgasms, but I'm always for oh, more. So you wouldn't like, believe. Yeah. So let, turn me on to it, literally right. and figuratively. Both. Yes, 100%. Well, I just was about to to segue. You kind of yeah. did that that move already. But where can people find this play date? Where can people find yeah. your 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 work so that they can really get more of what you have to offer? Yeah, let me give you a list of the links to the things that I mentioned so that you can put it in your show notes. Expand her orgasm tonight is the first one. That's the expanded orgasm practice with the 21 playdates. The sex life bucket list is at sexlifebucketlist.com. That's a free PDF with the 48 playdates. You rank them A, B, or C. 
You can do it with your partner. And then it gives you ideas of things you can learn new together that are both of, that are of interest to both of you. I talked about the Soulmate Embrace. That's at soulmateembrace.com. That's a free download. I think you, if you have a partner, especially a male-bodied partner, print it out and give it to them. And they're going to want, I think it's page 17, which is, it's a very short little ebook. It's a free download. They just want the checklist of exactly what to do in what order. They don't want to read all the stories. Just give them that one page and be like, let's practice this. And that, because they're dudes and they're goal oriented. The fourth one I think I gave you was the sexual soulmate pact, which is how to get him to love your feedback and how to tap into your felt sense and express it so that you start really being able to have great communication in your in your lovemaking. I don't know if there were any other. Oh, yeah. Orgasmic cross training. I mentioned the eight tools to activate the entire yoni. That's at orgasmiccrosstraining.com. And then you can follow me on Instagram at my name, Susan Bratton. I've got a website at betterlover.com. And that is where you can get on my sex tips newsletter. I send out these types of things. This is what I write about and send out in my email newsletter at betterlover.com. And on Better Lover, there's a video, a series of videos about how to have orgasms from intercourse. There's also how to give and receive a yoni massage. There's all kinds of really good tutorials on there, non-nude instructional videos. So that good could clarification. be helpful too. <laughs> yeah. I love it. All sorts of good yumminess. This is really delicious stuff. I hope people have really, really, really gathered this, this, taken this in and really like lots of things are sparking. I think, Susan, you've given our audience lots to consider and lots to to talk about. I have one last question for you. Okay. okay. What do you love most about yourself? Uh, how much fun I am. I think that would be number one. I think that's also what other people love about me the most is that I'm I'm just full of ideas for a lot of fun all the time with everybody. I just come up with great fun things to do, adventures, etc. I love to be playful and have a great time with my friends and family. But I'd also say number two is courage. It's taken a lot of courage for me to be the person I am in the world, which is someone who speaks truth to power about female sexuality and female pleasure. I love it. Well, thank you for doing your work in this world. Thank you for sharing just a tidbit of the depth of your knowledge and and for lighting up your the world like this. So thank you so much, Susan. It's been a pleasure. Thanks, Amira. You are a courageous woman and is full of vitality. And it's been my joy to, to uh, have this conversation with you. 